Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily, most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily, thoughts and comedy from Broadway Super Fans. From Broadway Super Fans. Podcast. It's a podcast. Podcast, podcast, Patty. <laughs> Emily's podcast. That's a good one, Anna. Welcome to the Beverly. Welcome, shit. Welcome to the loopiest Patty and Emily podcast you've ever heard because we're both fucking exhausted. More so than usual. Well, we just spent math hours. (laughs) Whoa, wait. Wait, I can actually see how long it took us. Based on that Instagram? Yeah, based on that Instagram. Seven hours ago, we took a photo before we started recording the schmazies, and we stopped recording about 45 minutes ago, maybe. That, you know... So about six, six and a half, six, six and a half hours. We took a lunch break. True. Um, Yeah, that's crazy, because that's like like 50% of the time we normally spend on it. Yeah, that's true. It usually (laughs) takes very, very, very long time. And now it just took a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So I'm brain dead. Yeah. Those are going to come out on June 1st at 10 a.m. Oh, Get ready yeah. for it. Find out who wins. Fuck yeah. Uh, uh, the these, these are some good, good schmazies this year. Who receives all the Receives. Awards. We don't have winners because we don't have losers. Exactly. Because there are no losers in theater, Mm. except for you if you didn't see a show. That makes me sad. I don't like that either. There are no losers. I'm so tired. Well, wake up. We got to talk about Chicago. I'm not even like, oh. (laughs) I can't believe we saw Chicago this week. I can't believe I've seen Chicago twice. Um, I've, wait. Three times. That's not that many. Because you saw it once when you came here. I saw right? it was it was like the second Broadway show I ever saw. Um, yeah, I saw it like uh, twelve years ago or something like that for the first time. When it was barely stale. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what's okay? You know why? Okay, so listen, listen, listen with Patty and Emily. <laughs> That's <laughs> why we call it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay, okay. Chicago. Yeah. In material. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. And aside from the material, also the direction of this production. Conception wise. Conception. That's the word I meant. Conception. Great. Yes. Um, what is happening on the stage at the ambassador in the last several years? Not conception. Concept. Concept? What did I say? It's like like conceptually conceptually that's what i meant i know my brain is 50 percent like yogurt right now (laughs) like or like jello or something yeah okay 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 what was i saying sorry chicago right what's happening on that stage right now is really embarrassing for all the broadway shows oh my god your eyes just got so big that was just was that too harsh i don't think it was too harsh what I don't disagree with you. Wait, I, just... I had more explanation. Okay. I mean, I don't. It's not going to soften that assumption that 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 thing that I just said right. that it's embarrassing. Yeah, but it is. Yeah, like I don't disagree when you. With you here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you take what's happening, what I've seen happen at, at Chicago, you know, this week what we saw and what we saw when we saw Cara Diaguardi, like yeah. you know, what three years ago yeah. or something like that. When you take those two performances in and you put it up next to the Broadway oh, shows, yeah. the other Broadway shows that we see, it is very embarrassing. Yeah. It is like that is not that does not represent my city. That does not represent Broadway. Like that is not what we're about. That is some <laughs> fucking no. That is not New York. That is not theater. It's awful. But Here's how I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because right. whenever years, you know, what we say 12 years ago when I saw it, 
I I walked out of there being like, this is the best show. This is so incredible. And I loved, I mean, I fell in love with the movie and I loved it even more getting to see it on Broadway. And when you see the audiences coming out of the theater at Chicago, they all loved yeah, it. they all loved so, it. So, ah, I'm okay with that because then they'll see something else, hopefully. I feel like... If people go in and enjoy something that I think is crap, yeah, I am fine with that. A, because whatever, everybody likes their own shit, but also because I'm like, fine, go fucking see Chicago. That is like this complete trash production that's happening. It's awful. It's embarrassing. Yeah. But you saw it and you liked it. And that means you're more inclined to go back and see a different Broadway show because you're like, oh, yeah, we saw that other show and we liked it. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, that makes me feel okay about it. But shit, if you put what's happening, if you put that production as it is right now up against anything else on Broadway besides, like, the one other show that I haven't seen, which is would be Jersey, Jersey Boys. Boys. I mean, I would, I would, I would, if somebody was like, what show should I see? I want to see Chicago. I'd be like, see anything but Chicago. Yeah. I would never tell someone to go see Chicago ever. Me neither. Because it is, it is just beyond redemption. Yeah. Like beyond. I don't think it's beyond redemption. I think it needs Sure, get to, a director in there and uh, tighten well, everybody up yeah, and hire... So for those of you who don't know the process when a show is running for years and years and years and years, you know, when a show opens, it has a director. Right. After it's been on Broadway for, God, I don't know. I don't know what the cutoff is, but directors move on to projects. Well, it depends on, I mean, obviously I don't, you know, I think like pretty much as soon, as soon as the show opens. Obviously, there's some directors that are more hands-on that sure, sure, sure. continue to stop by, especially if it's a new show and it's award seasons or mm-hmm. whatever, and keep on tightening maybe a bit. But it's more like, I think as soon as the show opens, like the assistant, if you're right. the assistant, assistant director, director then over. then you're like the resident director. Right. Right. And you're there to like put the understudies through rehearsal and, and like put the swings in, and, you know, all that yeah. stuff. Then there comes a point where even there isn't an assistant director anymore and it falls upon the stage manager. Right. And that is just rudimentary blocking so that you don't right. fuck shit up. Right. And sure, you might have, like, fantastic stage managers that wish they were directors that are going to give you a lot of support in the Absolutely. rehearsal room. That's no dig at stage managers. Right, no dig. But 12 years down the line, that cell block tango was like, everybody just did whatever the fuck they wanted. There was absolutely no cohesion whatsoever. No, and it was all like, now it's my turn. Mm. Look at me. Mm. Everyone was pulling focus yeah. every single second they were on stage. Yeah. I think that's actually true of the entire performance throughout, the, like, the like from the time the curtain went up to when the curtain went down. Every single person, pretty much, mm-hmm. and for a, f- a few exceptions, when it was their turn to talk, they were like, it's my turn. Yeah everyone yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. like everyone yeah. like even some like somebody that had one line who was like i'm gonna do this crazy weird line reading because then the audience will remember me up to like the people that were in leading roles who were like i'm gonna pull focus right now like it was it was gibberish it was like nobody had ever it was like they'd never been on the same stage doing it was like they all went and like learned the show by themselves and then to, like, the day we saw it, they were like, cool, we're all going to do the show together for once. It's so cool. I mean, which isn't all that wrong. Sure, sure. Because as you replace, when you come in, you do you rehearse by yourself. by yourself with with the stage manager. You right. go through your stuff with the music director, whoever right. is the music director at the time. Right. So, yeah, you do learn it by yourself. Sometimes... Uh, I was listening to The Ensemblist, which is a great another theater podcast, and it was about replacements. And sometimes uh, Mo Brady, one of the hosts, was talking about how he replaced and went in with some other people. So oh, yeah, 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 I, re- I listened to that one. together, right. but that's not the case, right. usually. It's yeah, usually it was like three of them or something. Yeah. yeah. 
So they sort of knew where to go around each other, but otherwise you're learning it by yourself. Yeah, and and having uh, spatial reasoning as to where the other actors. Not not to say that like there were technical like people were bumping into each other. No, no, it was no. just like during Cell Block Tango. I literally, when that song started, turned to you and said, oh, good, Cell Block Tango. This is the best song. Yeah. And after the Cell Block Tango, I said, wow, I didn't know you could fuck up the Cell Block Tango, but they did. Yeah. Like, it, it, uh, I don't even know how to describe it because it was like, I don't want to pick on the people that were performing and, like, make fun of their performances, so I'm not going to, but I just have no, it, it, None of them were looking at each other and had any idea what the other ones were doing, and they were just doing whatever the fuck they wanted. And it was not great. Yeah. Oh, that was so mean. I feel awful. Well, you already called the show an embarrassment. It, I'm sorry. Well, right. So what are you going to do about it? It's This well, is not to say that any of the people on that stage are not talented enough to do I'm better talent. work. I mean, you can see that there's talent. Sure. And obviously they're in this right. show. Even in Chicago... You know, it's still a Broadway show, and whether right. the direction is there or not, you still have to have a certain talent level right. to be on that right. stage. Right, right, There was a lot of great singing, and there was a lot of amazing dancing, mm-hmm. but it just, nobody told them what right. to do or right. where Nobody or was like, what I, you're doing a very distinctive voice with this character. What is the purpose of the voice? Why? How does it strengthen the character? And why the fuck are you doing it? Like, nobody's ever... Yeah. I feel like none of the people on yeah. that stage, they were making choices, and nobody was ever like, oh, you're making this bold choice. Why are you making it? And how does it support your character and your... Char- how does it serve the piece? Because yeah. I felt like everything that everyone was doing was doing a disservice to the piece. But, listen... The reason why we went to go see it was was because Brandy is in it right now. And she, listen, I mean, she was pretty fucking great. She was great. She was like, you know, she's a fucking amazing singer. Yeah, her voice was on point. She's an all right, you know, she's a serviceable dancer. She's she's a mover, not a dancer. But that's that's why why she's a Roxy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And her acting, her, you know, here, here's how I felt about her acting. Acting. I didn't think her acting was like bad. No, no, no. I thought it was decent. You know, I thought it. I thought she fit that character and did fine. And yeah. like, she was so brandy, and I just wasn't bothered by it. Mostly because she was like the most enjoyable part of everything that was happening. And after talking to her at that press thing a few weeks ago, like, like knowing how happy. She was so excited right. to be there. Yeah. And you could tell that she was so excited and having so much fun that it didn't matter. And I think maybe that's the difference. Maybe everyone was sort of on a similar level and not saying you're not enjoying yourselves being in Chicago and being on a Broadway stage, but like you're there to do a job and and Brandy's there because she's only going to be there for like six weeks. And right. that's not necessarily fair to you. Sure. But it's easier for me to give her a pass because she's like, I'm just so excited to be here and I don't right. know how much longer I'll get to be well, here. Well, and it, you know what it was? It was because regardless of her, you know, technical acting skills or whatever, she had joyous energy. Right, I guess that's what And I mean. she had an incredible energy that was like reaching out into the audience mm-hmm. and we could feel her happiness like flowing out to us yeah. and it was just very enjoyable and fun to watch. Yeah. And everyone else you were like it wasn't fun to watch. Everyone else you were just like I don't know why you're making those choices. You know who else I thought had that energy though? Oh, Natasha Yvette Williams. Yep. But yeah. She was that? like she also like had a little bit I was feeling a little like uh Lilius White in cats from a her, bit, you know? Yeah, but Mostly in the way that, that she like well sure 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 much more fun. But more in the way that she like was strutting around the stage. And maybe oh, it was also yeah. like, a little bit of her mama in there that I just felt yeah. like she was like, I'm a boss. Yeah. And I'm better than all of this. <laughs> I mean, I'm projecting. Sure, 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 sure. Maybe she's like, This is the best job I've ever Sure. Had. Hey man. She's fucking great at it. I love that suit. Yeah, I wish it were better tailored. Mm. Um, it's probably it says Roz Ryan in the back scene. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. 
Probably has a little patch in it on the back collar. I don't know, you guys. I'm like you, where I would never recommend. Never, never would tell anyone to ever go see Chicago. And I love that material. Yeah, absolutely. But no, don't go see Chicago. You know what's a good way to get people to not see Chicago? Oh, how? If you ask them if they love the movie, and then you tell them it's an empty stage, and everybody's just wearing black costumes, and there's no set. That's hilarious. Wait, so people like, are like, really oh, I love the movie. I thought it was like, so good. Big and flashy and... That's good. And like the movie, and it's not. That's interesting. Should we come up with different ways to describe shows we don't want to send people to in a way that we're not not lying about the right. show, but just describing it? Like, like how when we went to go see Iowa, and Iowa was like, hi, this is a show about a girl whose mom marries a dude on Facebook and they move to Iowa. And then we got there and we were like, I'm sorry. That, that, was, a, what now? that, was, that was a sparse description of what the show actually <laughs> was like to experience. Because they couldn't describe it. Sure, 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 sure. But that would be like if I, if I uh, 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 hmm, I want to think of one. Now I'm thinking of things that could go either way. Mm. If you were like talking to a, a foreigner and they were like, ah, we want to see Jersey Boys. We've heard it's good. And you're like, oh, it's like a boy band show. Some people would say no. Patty would be like, sign me up. <laughs> and then I'd get there and I'd be like, this is not a boy band. Right, 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 right. But, but, but not a completely inaccurate sure, way sure. to describe right, right, the right. show. Right. So what if you said like, oh, it's like about a boy band, like in sync. What if he were like her mom and Mia to like a, a real Christian family? It's about a woman who doesn't know who the father of her Perfect. child is. Perfect. C C C C C. Right. <laughs> right. That's Other funny. examples. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I'm don't I, again. I don't want to tell you not to see Chicago. I'm, I'm telling you to pick a different show. I'm not saying don't see. Like right. just don't see Chicago. Right. See a different be my one. Recommendation. I would not see something else. There are other shows. I will say this. If you can sit through the rest of it and there's someone who goes into Chicago who you really want to see, I don't regret seeing Brandy. Absolutely not. Well, that's the thing. Sure. End of the day, really fucking glad we had this theatrical experience. Very glad I saw Brandy. Really glad we saw Cara Diaguardi. She never fucking sings in public. We saw her sing. She sounded great. Uh, Thoughts about everything else, but like... Yeah. You know, I'm I'm still really glad that I saw Brandy. If you love Brandy, now's your chance. Yeah, absolutely. If you're like not sure about Brandy, don't go. If you want to see Chicago, watch the movie. Great movie. I love that movie. It's a pretty great movie. I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I mean, I actually haven't watched it in a really long time too, but like I own it I own it on iTunes or something, I think, mm. because I used to watch it, like, all the fucking really? time. Yeah, I used to have it, like, on on my fucking tiny iPod, you know, like oh. an iPod Classic. What? When it first started being able to have videos on it, I had it on my a iPod. Nano? No, 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 oh. iPod Classic. Oh, that, okay. Whenever you could start watching videos sure, on sure. iPods, I had one of the very first ones that had video capabilities, mm-hmm. and I would, like, put Chicago on my iPod and, like, watch it on the bus on my way to school or, like... Watch it on an airplane when I was flying. I would watch it all the time. It's crazy. Love that show. Love that movie. Love that movie. Well, we saw another interesting show, a bit of a departure, not a Broadway show. We went to a stand-up show. Stand-up comedy. Getting back to our roots, not yeah, really at all. comedy roots. Comedy. Not, we never did stand-up. No. But we went as we used to with improv because our friend was doing it. <laughs> our friend, Leslie Kritzer crazy did stand up our friend Leslie yeah Kitzer. i know right whoa um yeah it was a lot of fun i'm so glad we went leslie kritzer has a second life of a what do you call it a second career life as a comedian yeah well as is true with stand-up shows You're... it was very hit or miss yeah i have Mostly not been to miss. a stand-up <laughs> you know what's funny because i was like i was like wow i haven't been to a stand-up show in like a long time and i think the last time i went to go i'm sh- i mean I'm going to say, I was going to say the last time I went to see a stand-up show, it was to like support a friend. I think every time I've seen a stand-up show, it's been to support a friend. I don't know that I've ever just gone. No, that's not true. Oh, oh my God. Awful, awful side note story. When, when my mom and I came to New York when I was a teenager, yeah. you know, those people in the Times Square, they're like, stand up, stand up, stand oh up. God, we, you guys like comedy? Yeah, you we got suckered. I know. You guys like yeah, comedy? we went to, we went to like a midnight because I was 15 and I was like, I want to do everything. 
And oh no, oh no, God, it was awful. <laughs> I went to a, like a midnight stand up show with my uh-huh. mom in this tiny little place. It was horrible, painful, not funny whatsoever at all the entire time. All I vaguely remember was a guy making jokes about women licking their own breasts, like being able to lick your own breast, and then was like pointing at women in the audience and being like, everybody does it, you can do it. And I was like, and and I just remember him like, oh, I, I vaguely remember him like, maybe probably saying like cunt and clit a bunch and and being like like I I I don't know if this is completely accurate but I feel like at one point he like was saying things and like saw my like like pointed at my mom and was like you don't know it but your daughter does it too like licking my own breast and I was like I'm I was 15. Also no one does that. No. Also that you're not funny painful 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 anyway so like yeah stand up stand up comedy can be real rough i mean i there were like a lot of stand-ups that came to my college that i went to um and when i first moved to new york um one of them that i saw twice at my college daniel tosh who is uh, host tosh.0 did a show at caroline's that i went to but aside from those shows yes 100 percent have always been my friends in a stand-up show. I used to go see stand-up comedy. Do you stand-up comedy? I used to go see stand-up comedy. There, okay, but really, I had this someone I used to like hang out with from the improv scene, like mm-hmm. one of my friends from those days. He used to do stand-up at it was like on like um, maybe like Thirty Second Street or something like that, mm-hmm. and like Sixth Avenue. There was like this taco place that had like. Uh, additional seating in the basement sure and then like on tuesdays they would like plug in a baby amp and a microphone and he would you know people would be standing in the back of like there was like like four people there to see the stand-up comedians 10 stand-up comedians there and then like people eating tacos it's amazing i know it was fucking real that shit was real Mm. Well, Leslie Kritzer shows in a real comedy club. Real comedy club. Yeah. Real comedy club. And, I mean, she was one of, if not the best. There were, like, three that were really, really great. Yeah. And she's included in those three. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, she's lit. Here's the thing about, like, comedian, like, the crossover of actor and comedian and stuff like that. Like, there are a lot of actors that I think are really funny you know mm-hmm. but they're not comedians right they're not comedian funny right they're funny actors yeah and then there's people who are like really funny comedians who are also like good at acting which is where i would put probably you know like the snl people in those yeah, categories yeah, yeah. to varying degrees sure, you know sure, someone sure. like Kristen wig is like an incredible comedian and an incredible actor yeah, yeah, yeah. leslie kritzer is a incredible comedian and an incredible actor yeah absolutely. and an incredible singer she can do it all oh man oh man she's fucking funny she's so great mm. so i don't know what she's doing with that but like i'll you know, go see be her on the lookout yo i'll be going to see her sets absolutely she's hilarious yeah. also that other guy told that really funny joke about hitler do you remember that we were like, that was I a great Hitler a joke. Good Hitler joke. I just don't remember. Wait, 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 what it wait. Was. let me remember the exact setup to it because he was. Um, oh, I love people retelling jokes they heard in. I know, right? Shows. I know, right? Hmm. What was the build into it? It was something about like. Ah, he got into it because he was talking about pre the living in New York and people were talking about pre-war buildings. And he oh, was like, yeah. well, all buildings are pre-war buildings if you're optimistic enough. That's right. And then he was like, there's some ass, like there's some guy failing out of art school somewhere right now. <laughs> and we were like, great Hitler That's joke. That's right. <laughs> right. Especially because it's a Hitler joke for those who know that about Hitler. Right. Niche. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Leslie Kritzer is very funny. Yes, and I hope you're listening to her podcast. Yeah. With our friend Nick. There's two episodes yeah. so far. Check it out. Yeah. How does the wine taste? Yeah, there will be another one next week. Because mm-hmm. we'll be going to New Jersey. The Dirty Jersey.
Can I just say you can how fucking excited I am about Ever After? Ever After. We're seeing it in exactly a week. And I saw those production photos this week and like shit my pants. I'm so excited. Costumes. Costumes. Christine fucking Ebersol. I'm seeing Christine fucking Ebersol in a show. Oh, have you not done that before? Fuck you! Ah! <laughs> I highly recommend it. Oh my god. I would give so much for a fucking time machine to Grey Gardens. Mm. I would give it all. I would mm. give everything. Yeah. Would you give that sideshow revival? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. I wouldn't. I asked you something I knew you wouldn't give. Ah! I wouldn't. I would not. You're right. Yeah. Oh God. What if? But what if I here? But here's. The, it's not fair because I couldn't make that comparison because I never I'm saw not the Grey Gardens. No, no, no. But I'm saying like. As but like, I can't. Right now. I can't choose between something I don't know and something I do know. Well, it, it doesn't exist anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if I had been living in New York when Grey Gardens was playing, sure, I would have seen it between ten and fifteen times. Probably. Why do you say probably? I don't know, uh, because I'm agreeing with you, but also, I don't know. Okay. That, I, (gasps) I love Great Gardens. I wish I'd seen it. I can't, like, picture you seeing any show that many times before 9 to 5. Why? I don't know. I feel like 9 to 5 was your gateway drug. Yeah, but 9 to 5 was also, like, I hadn't been in New York for very long. Right. So what do you, I don't understand. I don't know. This, uh, these are the words that I'm saying, and that's all there is to them. Okay, if I had lived in New York when Grey Gardens was on Broadway, yeah. that would have been my gateway drug. What? Why? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know. Okay. Grey Gardens is one of the greatest musicals that's I ever agree. been written. I agree. Another winter in a summer town. You know what song I always listen to over and over and over again on the cast recording? What? Choose to be happy. Hmm. It's real good. It's fun. I love that solo that Erin Davey has. Her voice sounds so fucking beautiful on it. And it's a great message. Hmm. What? I have nothing else to say. I don't know why you want me to say more than that. Uh, These are thoughts and opinions I have, and that is all that there is to them. Okay, whatever. I'm so tired. Wake up. We have to talk about Ziegfeld's Follies. Oh, <laughs> I was really excited about this show. And it delivered. Absolutely delivered. Okay, guys. So, Speakeasy Dollhouse is presenting this show called Ziegfeld's Midnight Follies. It's really fucking awesome. It's kind of expensive, but it's totally worth it. Uh-huh. And it's in a hidden old Broadway theater, and uh, it's great. It's like a mix between the setup because it's like experiential theater so it's a mix between like um uh natasha pierre and uh sleep no more because it's not it's not as like fucking crazy as sleep no more um but it i haven't seen either of those shows you're a part of it in the way that natasha pierre was like the story was happening around you okay um so i hope those references make any sense to anyone (laughs) well it was like, okay, so you, like, get in there, and it's, like, this theater, and, like, but, like, where the orchestra is, you know, there's, like, a dining area where people are having, like, full, like, dinner service, and then there was, like, a little stage and a band, and, but then there was, like, you know, where the stage used to be, because where the stage, the actual stage was, is where the orchestra normally is, and then where the stage should have been, used to be, upstairs, there was, like, a another part like a bar club area and then back where you know presumably dressing rooms used to be there was another like little lounge area and a you know fake hotel room Mm -hmm. and it it was so cool it was so much fun it was like it was very much meant to be like you could go and pretend like you were spending the night at the midnight follies and watching the people who were there you know you were like it's 1918 and i'm going to the midnight follies and oh look there's you know Flo in the corner and look here's fanny bryce and there's josephine baker like it was so fucking cool it was awesome so it's in the liberty theater which i didn't even know fucking existed me either and it's in the Dave and Buster's building, yep. the building that has the 
like the movie theater ripley's believe it or not yeah. and you exit out of the movie theaters and there's an applebee's and there's a secret hidden old broadway theater in it crazy the liberty theater i'm looking at wikipedia Whoa. was built in 1904 okay and it was used as a broadway theater until 1933 wow and it's still there i mean it's been a little bit restored but sure. not too much work has been done the seats are all taken out and right. obviously it's it's rented out now for like events and things you know events and things yes events and oh my god i wonder how much it costs you should have your 10 year new york anniversary there i think that's out of my price (laughs) which i don't even oh my god you know what's too bad about it is that if it still was a Broadway theater, it would be a nice sized house. It would be like a nice like booth sized house. Well, actually, it's bigger than that. The estimated really? size is one thousand fifty five. What? According to Wikipedia. All right. Was there a balcony that we had? There was have? a balcony. Uh, we didn't have access to the balcony. Yeah, yeah, there was a balcony. I was thinking of how small that mezzanine was. Right. It was, it was very, very, very. Mezzanine. That mezzanine was very small. Which it might have been bigger if. Right, the, those back walls, the we back don't know. Walls aren't, true. may not be original. True, 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 true. Or there was also storage back there. There right. were people coming and going. That's very true. So they might, they might have put, put those a new wall up. in. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise it would have only been like four rows yeah. of a mezzanine. Right. It was nice. It was, it was a beautiful proscenium. I like the boxes. The boxes were fantastic. They were cool. Oh, this was so much fun. You could just like fucking run around the whole place yeah. and like look at shit. Yeah. Ugh. It's really great. So when you come in, aside from like, you get a pa- when you when you come to the show you get a passport and inside your passport there is a little card that tells you who you are and I was Zelda Fitzgerald. Is that who I was? You were Zelda Fitzgerald. That's true. And you're and Jay Scott? No, Jay Scott was my college choir director. F. <laughs> Fitzgerald was wandering around somewhere too. I know I never found him. I never I found him. And I was Lottie Pickford, sister of Mary Pickford, famed film star and john pickford who's part of the story yeah if you also if you know you right. know that but, that was a lot um, of fun i didn't get to talk to him because he was too busy being in the play and being horrible i probably i mean not the actor have, the person but like he's a terrible man yeah, he's yeah, a murderer he was God he damn definitely it. a murderer he was raised better than that. you know what i also thought was interesting is that so it was taught uh taking place surrounding the story of olive thomas who if Uh you don't know who she is she was one of the ziegfeld girls she you know classic tale of like this young pretty girl that came to the city and got you know jazz and sex or whatever you know like got wrapped up in the world just like Um, exactly uh yeah and like then you know i think she was in like a couple of films and Mm -hmm. she was like in the thing that's really interesting about it is i knew a lot about her because i went to go see a reading of a musical about her last year called ghost light which had notes um (laughs) but i learned a lot about her and about her life and about the world around her but for whatever reason nowhere in ghost light do I like Ghostlight took the position that she committed suicide, mm. and spoiler alert: this show does not agree with that opinion. Right. Um. So I was really, I really enjoy, and I like their answer better than yeah. suicide. But yeah, it was fantastic. Mm. And and I I don't know if it is more or less interesting if you know less about what actually happened for me because it was immersive and sometimes I knew and felt like there were things parts that were like there was a scene going on over there and I didn't quite catch what happened or whatever knowing the full story in the back of my head was great because I knew that I was going to miss things but I also knew that I wasn't going to miss what happened the story right I mean I think it's like any other thing like that like um uh, Sleep No More uses story elements mostly from Macbeth and also some from Rebecca and... What? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. I had no fucking idea. I thought yeah. it was straight up just Macbeth. No, no, no. There's also like, some Rebecca, Rebecca. from Macbeth. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Why did nobody tell me that? I, I tell... I oh, tell no. Somebody um, give me a ticket to that. I still haven't seen it. But when I went, I hadn't seen the million productions of Macbeth that had recently Mm. happened, and I didn't know Rebecca. I just knew, oh, it's that Maurier book that Hitchcock made that movie about, and and there's a ghost or something. So I, you know, 
was exploring and caring less about the story of what the actors right, were doing around right. me, but was still interested and entertained. And that is such an expansive space that mostly I was just marveling at all of the detail that right. happened. And I was like going through drawers in this private detective's office. Cool. You all could, of the old whoa. like case files. It's fucking awesome. That's um, a detail. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. So it, I guess it was like that because I didn't know very much about, right. I knew what you told me from Ghostlight. Right. And it all started sort of coming back as I was watching it. So I did sort of know what happened, but mostly I didn't. Right. Um, and I get what you're saying. Like, it just it's just going to alter the experience that you have, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a better or a worse experience. Right. Well, it was also like, you know, I uh, sometimes am that paranoid person that's like I don't want to miss anything I can't miss anything like I can't leave New York City for a day because I'll miss a concert that I want to go to or whatever (laughs) like I'm a crazy person like that and it was I was glad that I was able to let go and be like I can't see absolutely everything that gets performed tonight because like there's too much to see and I'm you know I'm not able to see it all so like you know for the finale of the show we went up to the mezzanine and there was one of the things that was really cool and really fun and really beautiful was the silk dancing performances is that what it's called silk dancing silks and during the finale i realized that more silks performance was happening and we Mm -hmm. couldn't see it because we were up in the mezzanine and i was like no it was so cool and then i was like okay whatever we can't do you know yeah but man fuck can we talk about the silks because shit yeah that shit was fucking amazing it was so it was so 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 cool like there were there was a time where like you know it was like oh fanny bryce is singing a song on stage and then you can see like flo and billy up in their up in the box having a fight and she like slaps them in the face and like it was awesome yeah absolutely it was so cool well, there's different tiers of tickets, and as I said, it's not cheap, but the passport, which gets you no food, but I think it's better because if you're eating, you're just sitting there watching the show. You don't... Right. You probably can get up and wander around, but I don't know if those people were taking advantage of I, that. I think the only... As far as I could tell about the price point differences, the only advantage i would see to paying more money for like those reserved seats is if like somebody in your party is like i can't stand for this entire show right then i would be like yeah totally like spend the you know maybe spend the extra money and have reserved seats that are like they have these like benches and like cushy couch benches that are right next to the stage so you know you have a good good view and stuff and you don't have to do standing room but you're wandering around so much and and most of the show you're walking and looking at stuff that like I, I would say just go for the basic ticket. Yeah. And that again, it's eighty dollars, but it's if it's you so, can manage it, oh, it's so totally worth cool. it. It was one of my one of my favorite things that we've done recently. Like yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah. And um right now they're selling tickets through June twenty seventh. So I don't know if they're going to extend or keep it going, but it's it's Fridays and Saturday nights. Everyone should go read this amazing article about the development of the show that's in the New York Times. Um, it's really, 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 really interesting how this show came to be and, like, the people behind it and and the history about, like, this amazing uh I don't even remember what it's called. The, like, the Ziegfeld Girls Organization or whatever it oh, was. Oh, I have no idea. Nah whatever (laughs) well you should splurge and go see it do it do it so last week we saw a play at the public the sound and the fury by the elevator repair service yes is that what their theater company is called yes right yep we saw it (laughs) so all i knew about this group is was gats yeah which sounded interesting to me i didn't know a whole lot about it Mm. it sounded interesting I knew it was more like, I don't know, avant-garde experimental or something. There was like something that wasn't just, we're presenting the Great Gatsby on stage. Yes. I think, I think, I could be 100% wrong on this, (laughs) that that it involved like F. Scott Fitzgerald being there writing it. No clue. And maybe things were happening around him as he was writing it. I could be wrong. I don't remember hearing that. But I basically had the same, same. I was like, "Ah, I've heard of this theater company before. I like, you know, what's interesting is that I, 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 the feeling I had associated with this theater Mm -hmm. company was like, oh, 
everybody loved that other show they were doing. It was like a big sensation and I missed it. Right. And I was like, okay. So then after seeing the sound and the fury, I Googled, I was like, I want to read the New York times Mm -hmm. article, like the New York times review Review of gas. So I like Googled and it didn't, I was like New York times review. Normally it's the first thing that comes up and it didn't, it was like their website and like a few other things. And then I walked into a poll and I put my phone away and went home (laughs) and didn't look at further research. Yeah. Um, so I didn't look up reviews, but I was like, I want to see, I want to know, because I had this idea in my head that everybody well, really yeah, fucking loves Gats. Sure, 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 sure. So. But I want someone to please explain to me what they liked. Look, I don't know Gats, but yeah. based on seeing this show, listen, mm-hmm. please. It, it's how I feel like when we got out of Iowa and I was like, please, yeah. somebody who liked the show, explain. And I don't, I'm like trying so hard because I'm like, oh my God, like if people were saying the same words to me that I'm feeling about this show about Scandalous, mm-hmm. like I would be really offended and I would be really upset. So I'm trying to like <laughs> quell it. Like if someone was like, I just can't possibly imagine how anyone could find anything redeeming in Scandalous whatsoever, because that is how I feel about the sound and the fury. And that makes me feel bad Yeah, because I would be really upset if someone said that. And then I would just say, hi, Carly Carmelo's vibrato because that's my answer I have an answer right you know for that question but what if they don't like musicals well that's different yeah and I like plays sure 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 but this listen here's my issue with it I I love William Faulkner he's one of my favorite authors granted I don't you know it's not like I pick up his books all the time and reread them right I've read a few of them more than once I read The Sound and the Fury a while ago. I mm-hmm. think probably around when I first moved here, maybe in college, but I think it was after that. And his writing is very dense and complex, and especially uh, this section they chose to do from The Sound and the Fury, right. which was from the perspective of the mentally disabled son mm. of the show, and it's all jumbled time-wise. And what one of the things I love about William Faulkner is what I think was extremely confusing and did not work on the stage was that sort of, it's like a puzzle that you have uh, to piece together. together. Right. Um, that was r- extremely hard to follow and wasn't helped by the fact that actors were playing multiple, multiple oh characters my God. at different times. No, and so confusing. I, you know, I read it and thought, okay, I haven't read it in a while, but I'll have some sort of grasp right. on on what's happening. And things were coming back to me, especially because they did like a projection at the beginning, mm. which get, which already is like, this shit's complicated, so we're going to give you a study guide. Oh, man. And that is already like a red flag. Big so they red. do a projection that's like, here are all the family members and a little bit about them and go. Right. And then you have to remember everybody's names. Oh, which I did not. And where they go and who they and belong who, which to. And which actor is playing them in this scene. That part. Oh, there were so many things happening at the same time. Because then the other part of me was like, one part that I really fucking hated stylistically was how there was like usually like a lot of the time there was an actor reading from a copy of the yeah. book being like, and then I walked into the kitchen or whatever. And, but then like the actor who was portraying Benji would say a line, but, or maybe Benji didn't speak, Benji. But, right, 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 right. But like the, a character would say a line and then be like, she said, I, you know, like it was inconsistent. Uh, there was, was either someone reading from the book and saying those things or the characters were saying, she right. Said. Well, I think it was consistent to when someone was reading Maybe, they were saying i just didn't i i mean i do i think that aspect was consistent but it was okay. inco- it was inconsistent because they were switching between those two styles of having the That's actors what I meant. say That's what I meant. right they yeah. were inconsistent but using two consistent styles <laughs> i don't know yeah. but it was like it was so fucking confusing and uh, it was one of those things i'm not shitting you when the all all the actors came on stage and took their places before mm-hmm. that projection started happening, I went, I fucking hate this show. Ah. I was like, I hate it. I know I'm gonna hate it. And then I was like, you know what? Chill the fuck out. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Let this show speak for itself sure. and don't prejudge it. And then five minutes later, I was like, no, I really oh, do it fucking hate with, it. Like a wackadoo dance. Oh my I god, what was even happening? I don't understand. Mm. I, and I don't know. 
I don't know. I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I certainly would oh, never see it again. I would never. Um, never. I won't. I wouldn't, I, don't know. I wouldn't ever. I wouldn't say that I'm never going to see a production of theirs. I would look at whatever mm. the material was. Yeah. Well, here's the thought I had actually, yeah. legitimately. Yeah. Because last night my friend Philip mm-hmm. texted me. Oh, yeah. And really- was like. I like I was gonna go see that. What did you think? I fucking love that book. My sister loves that yeah. book. We really want to go see it. And I was like, honestly, it was one of the most nonsensical pieces of garbage I've ever seen. I don't know that I really think it's a piece of garbage right. because clearly other people are finding something redeeming in it yeah. that I'm not finding. Yeah. And then after like chatting with him a bit. And him being like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Like, I love that book. And, like, I've heard good things. And I'm like, and he was like, so I shouldn't go see it. And I was like, no, no, no. Please do go see sure, it. Sure, sure. Tell me what you think. I want to know. Yeah. Because also then I went and, like, read the whole fucking Wikipedia page yeah. for the book and was like, okay, maybe this is one of those pieces where if you don't know the source material real well, it sucks. But if you know the source material really, 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 really well, then it's like this amazing thing that's like you've taken the book and expanded upon it. Yeah. I could totally see how that, and like maybe if you read the book and know it well, that dance meant something and made sense. Yeah. And I'm not sure. And I was so frustrated afterwards because I, once I looked into it and saw that they were only doing like the first section that Benji narrates, uh, I was like, oh, maybe I'll reread that section, but I I don't have that book. I have Absalom, Absalom, which is sort of like a sequel slash companion to that. It's it's a lot of the same characters, um, Hmm. but it's like not because he doesn't live in space and time, William Faulkner, and he does, but it just bounces all over the place. So it's not like a straight sequel. But anyway, uh, and I... If I had read it, maybe I wouldn't have at least been so, uh, like, lost. Right. And maybe better understood what they were trying to do. I mean, my experience of this show was basically, yeah, 30 seconds in, I hate it. Don't do that. Five minutes in, no, I really do hate it. (laughs) I really hate what's happening. Then a time, an amount of time passed of which I was not sure. Yeah. And then I was like... Jesus fucking Christ, it has to be over soon. It has to be. Like, it's been happening for such Mm. a a long amount of time. It has to almost be over. And then, you know what happened? Was they had more, like, at the very beginning, it was like, what's the family's name? Compsons. It was like, these are the Compsons. And then it went through that thing. And then at a certain point, Later in the show, it was like, these are the Constants. And I went, oh, it must almost be over. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, I was like, oh, God. Oh, God, this is only the halfway point. Please, Jesus, someone help me. I was like, I mean, I wanted to get the fuck out of there. Another problem with that, and I guess, I don't know, again, it depends on how well you know and how or how much you're enjoying the show in general. Mm. But because it's a nonlinear structure, <gasps> like there's no way to tell when it's going to end. No there's way. There's no way to tell when no it's going clue. to end. There was, n- I just had no, f- I was literally in the final moments of the play when the, fi- when the lights started dimming. I was like, please God, is this the ending? Is it? I'm not sure. I don't want to think it's the ending because I already thought that like five times. Yeah. And then it was the ending. Well, and even people in the audience, a few people like clapped it like three and times. Then stopped. And then they were and then like, we were oh, like, what? Are we supposed to clap? Then we, the, the, I feel like the lights were down for an unnecessarily long amount of time they were. before they came back up. Or we just lost all concept of time because we were trapped in a wormhole. We were also in the middle of the middle. The middle of the middle. Couldn't go anywhere. There was no getting out. And there's no intermission. Nope. And no like, escape. Yeah, I don't know. I do. Now I'm like mad at myself that I didn't refamiliarize. Mm. But I thought, you know, I had read it. I knew well, it was complex. Um, hi, I know I know that we've quoted this before, but like to go back to to what Lynn Aaron says, you have to love your source material and you have to throw it away right. because I think a good adaptation can be seen by anybody. Mm-hmm. It should be you know, like it's how not that I thought that this was super successful or that this is a necessarily very good example to bring up right now, but like the last X-Files movie. Okay. No, wait, I've got a better one. Okay. Because it was a better movie. Because the last X-Files movie was like, like, sure. 
it was it was not amazing, but it was good. Okay. The 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 new Star Trek movies. Okay. Which are fucking amazing movies. Yeah. Satisfy the Trekkies and people that don't know shit yeah, about I Star Trek. Know shit about right, Star but Trek. A great film. I enjoyed that exactly. Yes, that's a good adaptation. Yeah. But on the other hand, okay, I could understand how you could do something like this mm-hmm. that is only for people who fucking love the shit out of that book. Yeah, and make it a niche thing. Totally, just yeah. not for me. Yeah, yeah. I literally when now we were, I do want to reread the book also just because mm. I'm like I should what happened in it I don't remember see now I can't tell I've never read any of his stuff I can't tell I feel like I might hate it I think you would absolutely hate right? it. right yeah 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 I just know my style it's not like it's I don't know it's hard to describe but mm. like I said it's like you can't just read it and be done like you have to work your way through it mm. you know what I mean yeah, because of the like, I would probably like read five pages and be like, no. The general like entry point for William Faulkner, like the easy quote unquote easy book or whatever you want to say that people usually read is As They Lay Dying, which is another sort of like it's, it takes place in the same place. Those lives cross over, but they don't necessarily cross paths. It's a okay. different family that they're dealing with. They're um, burying their mother. Huh. But it's like less dense. Mm. It's it's not as complex. Uh, it's usually if you're in some sort of English class, it's like the first William mm. Faulkner book you read. Mm. There's a chapter in it that is one sentence long. What? <laughs> What's the sentence? My mother is a fish. What the fuck? <laughs> I will. Nope. No, thanks. Not my, not my bag. The, the actual William Faulkner, I think you might like, which I own and you can borrow if you want, is called Intruder in the, du- in the Dust. And it's like, I don't, I don't know when he wrote it or where he, like, it, it's like a, a, like a crime novel. Oh. I mean, not really. It's still like in the South and it's like, but it's Truman like, a, like it's a straightforward story. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is? God, that's uh, thank you for saying that because yeah. you said the word story and I remembered the most important thing like analysis that I had mm. when I was thinking about this because I was thinking about this show, The Sound and the Fury, and I was thinking about Summertime and and Big Love, the Charles right. Meade shows that we've seen and like like Iowa to a certain sure. extent. And I was like the difference the difference between hmm, I like shows that tell me a story and I don't like things that get in the way of me learning about this story, hearing this story. And I feel like sound and the fury was like, here's the story. And now we're going to like throw tomatoes at you while you watch it. (laughs) And you're like, hi, can you stop throwing shit at me and just let me, I just want to hear the story. Yeah. And they're like trying, they've like added all this shit in that makes it really fucking hard to just hear the goddamn story. Mm. That's what I feel. Yeah. That's how I felt about Iowa too. I think it was the same thing where you're like, just tell me the fucking story. It's an interesting concept. I have, she's got an interesting life. This girl, her mom's marrying this guy on Facebook. Like I want to know that story. And instead you're like, iPhones, Tumblr, like Tumblr. (laughs) Tumblr. I was saying Tinder and Tumblr both together. I liked it. Gruel. Let's start a pig nail polish, posters, CDs. Like they were just shouting fucking words at you. And the sound of the fury was like gibberish. Yeah. That's what I felt. I felt like it was gibberish. I I couldn't fucking follow the story. I had no idea what was going on. And to be fair, which is not a wrong point that you make, it's less about the story and more about the character. Absolutely. But but when you have all the extraneous things that are happening, uh, it's hard to focus on the character. Sure. Also. And in the cast changes, like when I was right. reading the Wikipedia page, right. I like it was saying that in this section, the Benji section, like, or, or maybe it was throughout the book, it was talking about how like you can, you can figure out what time period is in mm-hmm. Benji's life based on who his caregiver is. Right. If it's, and I all of a sudden was like, Oh, was that happening? <laughs> I had no fucking idea because a different person was playing a character every 30 seconds. Right. So I couldn't fucking tell. Which I think is why they kept in the the narration device of right. Dilsey says, right. Luster sure. says. Which I hated, but, but was necessary, but was too much because I couldn't, I, was, I didn't have enough the capacity to be like, 
Okay, so in this, okay, that's still, okay, so that's what, like, it was yeah, way yeah. too fucking much yeah. to comprehend. Yeah. Well, so I would say, uh, it, it, especially if you know and love the sound and the fury, yeah. go see the Go show. see it, send us an email, let us know. If you are interested in seeing, like, a, an experimental piece of theater, right. go see it and tell us what you think, especially if, if you if don't you don't know the sound and the fury because i would be interested yeah. if someone is like i loved it and didn't know the show or oh didn't i would know love to talk beforehand. to that person if they yeah. exist yeah because i'm sort of in the middle where i had like vague knowledge of right. it and i had no knowledge yeah. yeah so it runs through june 27th so you've got a little more than a month to see it have at it <laughs> um with some casting news uh. some really fucking great casting news that has been rumored that is now oh! confirmed Tay Diggs Hedwig. is the next Hedwig. This is one of my favorite castings. A, because I'm excited about it. B, I love how the story broke. I think it's funny. I don't know how the story broke. Oh my god, you didn't oh, hear about this? I did. I saw it. I didn't know if that was the actual story well, cause, like, breaking. There was like, well, because it was like, there was a rumor, you know, a few people were like, I hear that Tay Diggs might be the new Hedwig. And right. everyone was like, that's completely unsubstantiated. And then Tay Diggs, like, Instagrammed a picture of himself or posted a picture of himself somewhere. And, like, just a normal selfie, I guess. And, like, in the foreground, there was, like, a copy of the script of Hedwig. <laughs> so then there was, like, an article on Playbill that was, like, is Tay Diggs the new Hedwig? And then, like, the next day, they were, like, Tay Diggs is the new Hedwig. You got us. <laughs> like, like the production revealed right. it the next day right. after Playbill I think it was Playbill. Somebody, whatever, it was all over everywhere. Well, was right. like, why would somebody we, reports it once? Why did you have that script? Copy and paste. Hilarious. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. And I'm fucking. I will see him. I will absolutely. See I can't wait. I can't wait. Also, love him. Also, it's like return to Broadway. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. It's very exciting. After Fiero. Fiero. That's oh. the one. <laughs> <laughs> That's very exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. Um, um, other casting news. The members of Equity have cast their votes. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. And Kate Shindle's the new president. That's fucking cool. Whatever that means. I don't, we're not in Actors' sure, Equity. Not in Actors' Equity. Don't quite know what they do, but more power to you, girlfriend. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. She's taking names. And, Listen, uh, I fucking love Kate Schindel. She's a boss. And now she's the boss of Equity. Yeah. Boom. She's going to clean shit up. She's going to whip them into shape. Yes. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. She's... She's, what was it? I think she's, like, the youngest president, like, ever? Um, John F. Kennedy. Right, <laughs> sure. Well, she's younger yeah. than John F. Kennedy, I think. I don't know how old John F. Kennedy was when he was elected. Uh, well, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm quite sure that she's the... I was making a joke. What did Nick... <laughs> Nick told us some statistics. He was like, she's the youngest president and, like, the first woman or the second woman. Oh. So she... I'm sorry, she's not... Oh, so no, she is the youngest. She's the youngest ever equity president. And she's the first equity president that's under the age of 40, uh, which is fucking cool. There hasn't been a lady president of equity in 25 years. That's nonsense. Fuck you, equity. Kate Schindel, rule the world. Well, they all voted. I know. <laughs> They're doing it to themselves. Well, well, but also it has to do about... Sure, I know, I know. You know... She should run. Hashtag well, yeah. she should Absolutely. run. Absolutely. Hashtag has a lot to do with people it. that run for things have a lot of support. What? You don't do it yourself. Well, I know. What? So I'm saying people in the community support men. And that's oh, why men get elected. I see. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're Listen, I don't know shit it. about equity, but I do know shit about sexual discrimination. <laughs> do you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a woman. Well, on to more dream big news from Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Love never dies. Yeah. Never dies. Never will never die. And apparently it's is, gonna live is again. touring in 2017. How is it fucking possible that literally like 12 tours have been announced in the last two weeks? Because it's Tony time, but this has know, nothing to do with Love Never Dies. But this one's just like, dies. me too, me too. 
I don't, I don't, they obviously did not think that through. Here's what I want to do. I want to make a list of all the tours that have been announced in the last couple weeks. Mm. And then like in a times capsule, we can come check back in in two years and see if any of them materialized. Well, obviously some of them are sure bet materialization, but like some of them, not you know, so there's like a graveyard of, um, announced tours of, well, I was going to say of announced shows. Yeah. That have Twitter accounts that oh. don't, ex- the shows aren't shows. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? RIP those Twitters. Yeah. That's funny. They still are the, out there because yeah. you have to like delete them and nobody, yeah, nobody is even there to delete to. them. No. Yeah. Huh. Unchain my heart. The um, um, Ray Charles musical. Isn't that what it was uh, called? Brandon Victor Dixon. I think that one's still swimming around. Well, I know it is, but like... Wait, they announced dates? And I they were like, so. we're coming to Broadway? No, I... Yeah. I don't remember this at all. They have a Twitter? A dead Twitter? They... Yeah. Unchain My Heart, the Ray Charles musical to open on Broadway. What? In 2010, it will begin October 8th at the Schubert Theater... Oh. To be announced. What what day was this announced that it would open in October? March 11th. Wow. Never happened. Is there never another happened. article that says, sorry guys, it's not happening? Probably. Bummer. I want to see a Ray Charles musical. I know, right? I bet that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if it's still on Twitter. Boop. Unchain Broadway. What was their last tweet? May 6th. Tweet to their website. May 6th, 2010. www.unchainmyheart.com on broadway.com which is not a hyperlink oh is it it was just the website yeah our website any other any other good tweets from them 2010 that means i've been on twitter for six years whoa um it says at this awesome group sales event for unchained my heart people seem to be loving this ray charles music Mm. I mean, it's listen. It happens, but I keep think swimming, it's just Ray like, Charles musical. Yeah, you can hey, do it. Please. I'll see you. Absolutely. Man. Will you see the Love Never Dies tour? Hmm. I didn't see it in the movie theater, and based on your assessment of it, I kind of feel like I should see it because I might enjoy it in a Schadenfreuden way. It was like like Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde, Hyde like level, beautiful trash, beautiful trash, absolutely. Yeah. But like even more batshit than right, Jekyll and Hyde. Right. I definitely would. How were the sets? Um, I don't remember. Is there they like were... a really loud boat at any point? <laughs> no, I don't. Like think were the so. technical aspects of it superior to Phantom of the Opera? Well, it was filmed like for. It was staged for filming this. The thing, the they, one that you see, they filmed it because on they're the, like the, the on stage, stage and they're like up in their faces. Right. So I don't know what the like actual production uh, was like. You know what I mean? Tweet. Yeah. So I don't. I more remember how crazy the story was and how mm-hmm. boring the songs were right. more than like technical elements. I mean, I would see it. I would. I, would, I wouldn't I would, travel very far, yeah, but I, I would definitely say, see I it. I probably wouldn't travel more than three <laughs> hours, and I wouldn't pay more than fifty dollars. Mm. Those are my, my those are I my mean, parameters. I bet we could get press tickets. It's but, a love never dies. That's a dream. I'll well, see it for free. We'll see. Carolee, 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 Carolee. Update! Carolee Carmelo is fucking gorgeous. That's new, all. That's new news. <laughs> no, you said you had an update this week. No, I didn't. You did? No, I didn't. You did? I don't have one. I do have a Carolee update. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, you're right. Oh, Carolee Carmelo was in a concert that I couldn't go to this week. God damn it. We were seeing Brandy. That's true. The night that we saw Brandy, there was a concert oh, at, um, <laughs> so there was a concert at, at <laughs> Symphony Space. Is that where it was? Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't mm, it a Symphony Space? I don't know. There was a concert. Don't look it up. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. Wrap it up. I wanted to say it was subculture, but this sounds no, more. This makes more sense. Subculture is the one that Jason Robert Brown Symphony is Symphony Space. Yeah, there was a concert at Symphony Space that it was like a benefit, and there was a ton of people there. And Carolee Carmelo sang, and um, Kate Baldwin and Tam Mutu sang "All the Wasted Time" uh. from Parade. Then I exploded. 
because yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah. Well, and you yelled Wait, at Kate Baldwin I, on Twitter. Well, well, well. Somebody, like, oh, it was, it was like... Kevin D. Daly, I think. Well, Anika Chapin tweeted, like, oh, my God, Tamutu and Kate Baldwin just sang All the Wasted Time. It was amazing. And then, like, Kevin Daly tweeted at her and was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And then Kate Baldwin tweeted like tagging them but and it was like don't tell like shh, don't tell emily and yeah. tagged me and then i freaked the fuck out <sighs> spent a lot of time figuring out what i was gonna say back yeah and was like how dare you do a concert that i didn't know about right <laughs> right oh my god kate baldwin sang all the ways to time I and i wasn't there and 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 with tam mutu yeah fucking fantastic yeah now one of our new known faves. Fuck. Also, 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 also. Carolyn Carmelo was there when it right. happened. Carly I know. Carmelo was there. Now it's time for the Laura Benanti Tweet of the Week. Laura Benanti tweeted on May 18th at 5.27 p.m. Just tried to text love you to my mom and it autocorrected to block you. So sorry, mom. You're blocked. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Autocorrect problems. Oh, Laura. I want to sit come with Laura Benanti and hashtag Linda. Definitely. Right? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Is hashtag Linda played by hashtag Linda or is hashtag Linda played by Patty LuPone? No, like a reality show. I oh, said. a reality yeah. show. Reality show. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But also want to see the scripted. I don't feel like Patty LuPone's right for hashtag sure, 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 sure. Linda. No, definitely not. You it would be like I mean? Judy Kuhn. No, it would not no, be no. Judy Kuhn. Who would it be? It would be like Deborah Monk or oh, something. Oh, okay. Like no, that. no, you're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Judy Kuhn doesn't just play moms. I know, I know, I know. So. She's much younger than, or she's not that much older than Laura Benanti. Who is? Judy Kuhn. Maybe she's probably older than older I than think than she is. Because How old do you think Judy Kuhn is? I don't know, in her 40s. I think she's in her early, I think she's Carly Carmelo age. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, girl. She looks great. Yeah. Yeah. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.